Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with The Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great one for you. Who do we have? We have Gabrielle Stone with us today. She's an actress, writer, and director following in the footsteps of her talented parents, legendary scream queen Dee Wallace and the late Christopher Stone. After a shocking revelation in her personal life in 2017, she went on a solo journey to Europe where she discovered how to heal and love herself. She wrote the best-selling book, Eat, Pray, Hashtag FML, and her follow-up book, The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl, gives readers an intimate look into what Gabrielle went through when she returned home from her grand European adventure and the challenges she faced as she tried to put the pieces back together. And we're excited to have her on the show talk and talk about, about all that and, and a lot more. So welcome to the show. Welcome. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. It's definitely our pleasure. Yes. So um, I always like to start the show out the same mm -hmm. way. Last 18 months have been rough for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Um, so how has COVID affected you and what have you done to maneuver through it? Um, I think it's, yeah, like you said, it's been a journey for everybody. And at That's the beginning, like that question yeah, 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 at so. the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was like, well, now is your time to write the next great screenplay <laughs> or sit down and do a novel. And <laughs> I just wanted to binge watch my TV shows, order Postmates. And yeah, I kind of was like feeling the weight of what the world was dealing with um, and didn't really feel very creative. Mm -hmm. Luckily, mm -hmm. you know, the the book's success really took off during COVID. Um, and that was the first time that the the first book really was getting the reach that it's getting oh, wow. now. So I was oh, wow. very thankful for that. And then by the fourth or fifth month, I was like, okay, it's time to sit down and actually finish the uh, the sequel book. So I used that time to to get the second book out. And I'm so glad it's finally out. And I can now be like, here, here readers, here is your sequel. And I'm I'm done for a little bit. <laughs> and I love that because you know, you know, we have so many different guests on the show. And I always like to ask that question because you never, you know, it hits different people different. Like yeah, with us, yes. you know, we mm -hmm. launched this show January of 2020. And um, our original plan was maybe a hundred interviews first year and then yes. COVID happens. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching everything get shut down. And I told Sandy, I was like, you know, we can't change COVID, but you know what? This may be our time to run hard. And because of that, we did over 300 interviews last year. That's and amazing. We're almost five. We'll be at 500 by, th I think, Thursday. Yes. That's wild. I don't know how you guys do it. We we have my podcast, FML Talk, that comes out once a week. And that's enough work for me on that <laughs> end. Now, granted, we don't really edit because, again, we're right, not right. a show. Right. So it does make it a little easier. Yeah, that makes it a little but easier. But at the same time, you got to be care careful because, you know, I try, you know, there are sometimes you get guests on and you know where they stand on some things. So you try to guide around. Right. <laughs> but so far we've done really good at that, you know. Well, congratulations. Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> so what are some hobbies you like to do outside of being an actress and writing? Um, I love dancing, specifically salsa dancing is like one of my happy places. Um I love to travel, so I've been doing less of that during COVID, but we've found some some creative ways. We've done some camping trips and some long, long drives to some outdoor places and uh, have 
still gotten that kind of itch going. Uh, but I love to travel. I love to see new places. Um, and really, I've enjoyed being at home and spending time with my dogs and my boyfriend and really kind of just like nesting in our new house has been really great. Awesome. <laughs> now, you coming from um, a, an entertainment background with your parents and all that, um, this may be a little a different answer than a lot of people, but you know, a lot of people would ask, when did you know you wanted to uh, be an actress? But I like to go deeper than that. When did it click that that could be a career move for you? Uh, when I first did my, my first film when I was 18, I remember walking off that set and being like, oh, I actually do want to do this and I don't want to do anything else. Um, oh, wow. So I was acting for probably eight or nine years and then transitioned into directing, which I really love. I love having some more creative control over the product that's getting put out. Um, and I've directed two films now that I've also been able to produce on. And it's been really nice to kind of jump behind the camera after being in front of it for so many years. Um, mm -hmm. And then the writing didn't start until my personal life kind of exploded <laughs> in front of my face in 2017. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so tell us how the first book came about. Yes. Tell us more about that. So I was married for almost two years, found out my husband was having an affair with a 19 year old for six months, oh, wow. filed for divorce, left. And shortly after that, I met a guy. We fell madly in love with each other and had this whirlwind romance. And he convinced me to join him on a month long trip to Italy. Oh, wow. 48 hours before we were getting on the plane, he told me he needed to go by himself. And I was absolutely devastated, broke my heart like my ex-husband never could have done. And I was sitting on my bed in a pool of tears with a bottle of wine and was like, well, Gabrielle, you have a decision to make and you can either stay at home heartbroken or you can go travel Europe for a month by yourself. So I took a backpack and did six countries over the span of a month. And on the trip, I wrote Eat, Pray, FML about it. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. <clears throat> so, wow. you know, before we get into the new book, tell us mm -hmm. a little bit of your experiences in the first book so we yes. can kind of get the people up to date. Yeah. So, I mean, the the divorce is in there and the cheat, how I found out about the cheating, but it's very small part of the intro. Um, mm -hmm. It's like the first couple chapters. And because the real story is, you know, the, the relationship I had after and the yeah. heartbreak and the journey it then sent me on. Um, I lost my father when I was six years old, pretty traumatically. I walked in and found him dead on the floor from a heart attack yeah. and then also lost my high school sweetheart in a car accident when I was 18. So I had a lot of fear of abandonment and, mm -hmm. um, you know, not feeling okay by myself and afraid to really be on my own. And this was the universe's clear way of making me go face all that head on. So I knew that whatever I was going to learn on this Europe trip was going to be really powerful, very healing. Um, and I knew that it was a story that people were going to resonate with and were going to be able to heal from. So I, I took a leather-bound journal and started writing my first day in London, wrote three-fourths of the book on oh, that wow. trip by oh, hand. Wow. And, um, you know, there were days where I would go out and sightsee, days where I would meet people and go out and party and not sleep. And there were days where I would be sitting at a cafe writing and crying for six hours straight. So it was a, a huge healing wow. journey where I was able to learn a lot of lessons. And I think why people resonate with Eat, Pray, FML so much, it's because it reads like a fun Netflix show that you're <laughs> going and, you know, having a glass of wine with your girlfriend. Half. 
Yeah, but it it also is a very healing self-help book without realizing that it is. Wow. So what, you know, led to the sequel? How, you know, what was the what was the decision you made that made it to where okay, I need a follow-up? Uh, that would be my readers demanding to know what happened. <laughs> yeah. um, just yeah. after I released the first book, anytime someone finished reading it, it was, you know, what happened after Europe? Do you still talk to the guy that dumped you before the oh, trip? Wow. Um, you know, did the person you met in Europe come to LA? There were so many unanswered questions. So I always knew that there was room to write a sequel. I just didn't know if where my life was going to take me was going to warrant a sequel. Um, and I was still living it. So I had to wait and see how everything kind of turned out and how the story ended in my life, or at least this chapter of it. Um, and so I eventually sat down to write it and it, has been wildly well received by the the my readers and it's been really awesome to be able to give them everything that they were wanting for 2 years um and are able to to continue the journey with me. Oh, that's amazing. I'm sure it's connected and related to a lot of women. Can you tell us some stories of the impact that it's had with your audience? Yeah, it's been really fulfilling for me to know that the hardest year of my life has now been able to help so many women and men around the world heal. Mm -hmm. um, I get messages daily from people saying, you know, this book helped me leave an abusive relationship. Yeah. This okay. book helped me heal. This book helped me learn how to love myself or, you know, made me decide that I was going to stay and fight for my marriage. Just really life-changing messages. Um, and it's, it's been so amazing to know that these two books have, have given that to so many people. Cause that's one of the mm -hmm. moments where a lot of women when are in situations, you know, they don't, it's like, you know, you got to make that decision. Do you leave or do you fight? You right, know, yes. she fought because now great. I never hit her or no, any of that, no, he didn't but I went lines. through 19 years of addictions and mm. the first five years of our marriage was through the addictions, that, but she oh, fought wow. for our marriage through that. So she was the strength when I was weak. Um, but again, a lot of people could, would have that same story, but then the man didn't change. Right. You know, Absolutely. where they were there six that years in, seven years in, story, because yeah. I've been sober now almost 14 years. So it's oh, like that's amazing. Congratulations. Well, thanks. So it's one of them things where you have to make a decision on, you know, it's like, do you fight or do you stay? Yeah. And I think that it's different for everybody. I know people that have found out about cheating and have stayed to fight for their marriage and are wildly happy now and happy that they did. Mm -hmm. That was never an option for me. Um, right. And you know, I, I think left. if I'd have cheated, you know, oh, yes, which in a way I cheated line, when you right. count the addiction. Addictions right, is addiction. still like a mistress in a way. You yeah. Know. Um, yeah. But, and I, I think I've had, you know, my my brushes with people that are struggling with addiction. And I think that's a whole other thing to try and tackle. And it's really hard to be there and support someone through that. Um, so I, I applaud you for that. Yeah, because, you know, we. You know, when we look back, we wouldn't have this show. You know, we've got a nine-year-old and a that's right. No, and this a, was before almost three-year-old little daughter. So, so I got sober before all that. Thank God. Yeah, um, thankfully. But again, it, it's one of the moments to where you know she could have lost it all. 
you know, true. I because had I, major you know, decisions. And so we don't, when do we it. tell our story, I don't always tell people like, look, don't listen to what we did. You've got to figure out in your heart for your own, for your own. Yeah. You know, because again, not every story is going to end up like ours. No. So, and I, I, I think that each, each decision is so different. It depends on the, the situation. It depends on the, the facts and, the, the, the people that are involved, because at the end of the day, if someone doesn't want to change and make the, yeah. the changes and meet you halfway, then it's just, you know, then it's just words um, yeah. if there's no action behind them. Exactly. So, so in this new book, how is the journey through that, you know, some encounters yes. you've had? Can you- yes, some of the adventures. So the Ridiculous Misadventures is a direct sequel. So Eat, Pray, FML ends with me getting on the plane to come home from Europe. And the Mm -hmm. second book picks up as I walk in the door. So it's a direct sequel. um, And we pick up right where we left off. And there, I mean, there's a lot. It it goes (laughs) over, it spans over two years of my life. Eat, Pray, FML, as hard as it is to believe, was over the span of three and a half months. So it's a lot more life that we're covering. So I had to kind of pick and choose the the important things to include throughout that. Um, But there's, you know, there's crazy random flings that happen. There's characters from Eat, Pray, FML that make a reappearance, oh, wow. um, oh, a wow. few actually. And uh, and then you meet my my current boyfriend in that book and kind of read oh. about our roller coaster ride to get to where we are now and the ups and downs that it took for us to get there. Um, and I take a, a, sol- a second solo trip, this one by choice, um, to Southeast Asia. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So your current boyfriend, did you, did he already know about your books and all that or? Yeah, he was actually the first person to read Eat, Pray, FML and it's like raw form when we were still friends before we were dating. Um, So he, he, he knew what he was getting into, but it definitely, it's, it's still been a wild experience for him to sit down and read an entire book that he is a character in. (laughs) And that's great that he did that because, you know, one of the things I'd like to tell people too is, you know, I think every person should, especially married couples, should write their stories out, make it at least 50,000. And I'm not saying to make a book, you know, just write their stories out from the moment they can remember when they were as little as they can be. And the reason why I say 50,000 words is if you don't write, have a limit at that high, you'll write the good, you'll write the bad, but you won't write the ugly. And you got to have that. And the ugly is where you will learn who you are and why you do what you do. So this way, the couple, if they share those stories, now they know, okay, that's why she or that's why he does what he does. And so I'm really great that he read that. Yeah. I mean, look, I think that anyone that reads these two books has a very good grasp of who I am as a person, why I do things, where things come from and stem from. But you're right. If people, if people started a relationship reading a book about the other person, they would have such a better idea of who they really are and why certain things happen in their life and why they act certain ways and what their mm-hmm. triggers are and how they can they can protect and have a healthier relationship if they choose to. Exactly. I love yes. that. So let's flip the script and go a little bit back to the acting side. Um, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory with the big actors, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles it takes to get there. 
And I always want to talk about that side of it, because I think that a lot of people, they think, oh, I got this talent. And it could even be with authors. They, they got this talent. But no matter what, it takes a lot of work to make it to the top. So tell us some of the sacrifices you've had to go through in your career to get to where you are today. Um, I think acting is one of the most cutthroat industries um, <laughs> that you can choose to be a part of. Whenever people ask me for advice on if they're starting out in the industry, I say, unless you're really passionate about it and it's your dream, don't do it. Because um, it's it's a the lot of no. same way. Yeah, it's a lot of no's. It's a lot of, you know, you really have to have a thick skin and you really have to be able to keep your heart open through all of the rejection and hearing all of the the negative responses. Um, that being said, when you are on a set and get to shoot something, it's a incredible experience if it's something that you love. Um, so for me, it was more about you know defining who I wanted to be as an actress. Um, it's always a juggling act when you're you know in an industry where it's like book a job, book a job, book a job, mm -hmm. or you don't pay rent. Um, <laughs> And not being able to be selective of the roles you take because you're relying on that income when you do book a job. Um, so the books have really allowed me to kind of be have, the have the financial freedom to, to be able to pick and choose what projects I take, which I'm very thankful for. Um, but it's a, yeah, it's a grueling business. And a lot of people don't understand that some of the movies they watch, those actors are getting paid 125 bucks a day to be mm. there for 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's not always glamorous and uh, A-list as, as it seems. And that's why I always want to talk about this. I think, you know, a lot of people gloss over the grind side of it. Oh, definitely. And I always, every show, I want to talk about that side of no matter what guests we have on, because I think so, so many times people think that there's all this glory. And, and really the glory is a short time, right? <laughs> like even with our show, they see that we, we have 30 to 60 minute interviews and we enjoy this. And, and this I, is the fun this part. This is the fun part. Yeah. But, uh, but they don't see the reaching out back and forth, the trying to book people, the people that didn't unbook themselves and the people that say no, the people, you know, they don't see all that. And it's like, you know, and that's the hard part, the, the getting through that those moments of where you're like, are we ever going to go to that next level? Just like actors, are we ever going to go to that next level? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I experienced that in acting. I experienced that writing the the second book especially was a lot yeah. harder for me to write. And there were days where I would just be in tears. Um, and I, I think you never see what necessarily goes into it unless people choose to to let you see that. Um, so it's always good to remember that you never know what other people are going through. You never know what's happening behind the scenes. Um, so to always lead with a little bit of grace. There's a book, write a book on you writing a book. Yeah, I couldn't, I, I'm done writing books for a while after this last one. I'm, I'm on a break. <laughs> understand that. So what is kind of next for you? Um, so I just released a self-love healing journal that's kind of a step-by-step -step journal with prompts and stories that kind of allows people to dig into what their past traumas might be and how to heal and create a different narrative in their life. Um, so I just came out with that. And we have my podcast, FML Talk, that airs every Wednesday, and we talk about all things, you know, trauma, healing, love, heartbreak 
um, lots of different stories on there and some incredible guests where we've created a really awesome community where people feel like they are safe to let their guard down and heal in a still fun and a slightly, you know, a little bit of profanity way. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I've, I've been, I'm looking to, uh, I'll, I'll be directing a project next, uh, next year. So I'm jumping back behind the camera and just looking for whatever comes next, staying busy, staying too busy sometimes. <laughs> you know, you, you talk about mm -hmm. profanity and all that, like our, our buddy down there, that if you can see his name's Joe, he does a podcast oh, yeah. where it's nothing but profanity. It's funny. Yeah. We're great friends and ours, yes, our, our shows, shows are, are two opposite, two opposite but, things, but you know, I, he's our buddy. He's our buddy. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Hey, to, to each their own. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so as you know, a lot of people, um, they don't, they see you, but they don't see the teams behind you. And in our opinion, the teams never get the love no, they deserve. They so if you want to take a few moments to tell us about the team that's behind you. I have a very small team and that is a blessing and a curse because <laughs> I am too, I, I have too much control to trust people. Um, but I have, <laughs> I have my, uh, my podcast producer, um, my, my good friend, Jackie, who does everything behind the scenes at the podcast. And we just ended up um, partnering with Bespoke TV. Oh, wow. um, they're our, our network that we are officially on. Um, and other than that, like, it's me. I pack all the merch that we sell out of oh, my wow. office. Oh, wow. um, I It's it's me. I don't have people that run my social media. I answer all of my DMs that I get. It's, it's all, all right here. You're looking at her. <laughs> to be honest, when it comes to social media, I know people are, they believe different, but I believe social media is supposed to be personalized. I can't ever imagine getting so big of a show that I don't handle my own social media. <laughs> yeah. And especially with the the people that read my books, they send me such personal messages because it's mm -hmm. such a personal journey that they've gone on with me. Um, I would never feel comfortable with someone else yeah. running that. Um, although I feel like I never put my phone down and I, I know that that's one way <laughs> that I could alleviate some of the stress in my life, but it's, it's too <laughs> important for me to, uh, to not be the one that's going through all those messages. I have a love-hate relationship with social media. Part of me is like, I want to move to a hut in Thailand and never be on it again. Mm -hmm. And the other part of me is like, well, it runs my business. So, <laughs> <laughs> What's okay. funny, you're talking about never putting your phone down. I remember when we first launched this show that um, I would not put emails on my phone because I wanted, when we're out and about, I want to be out and about. Right. And then about mid last year, I was like, you know, we're growing we kind of need that. So I yeah. finally put email on the phone and now it's like we most of the shows we book is when we're out and about. So now I'm right. kind of so it's a double edged sword, although you want to be out and about and in the moment. But yet at the same time, most of the deals we've made has been when we're out and about. Yeah, it's tough. It's a balancing act. And I still have not found the answer on how to properly balance it. <laughs> I think we found a little bit of balance because we work together. So, yeah. <laughs> that helps, yeah. you know, so that kind of, you know, if we didn't work together, it would really be hard to yes, balance it right. all of doing all this and, and trying to book everything when we're out and about because we're always together anyway. So, yeah. 
Well, that's good. I, I'm I, I'm a solo in that sense. I don't have have anyone to uh, split the load with. But <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of teams, um, we've mm-hmm. we have a third co-host, our yes, little nine-year-old that comes on, asks a few questions. So Sandy, oh, I love that. Him I'll get him. And we've got an almost three-year-old daughter that when she gets older, she'll be plugged into the show too. Oh, how we are fun. family affair. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> And, and of course, there are some guests that come on where people are like, well, private message me. Are you sure you want little Chris to ask the questions to that part? I'm like, why am, why, why am I judging that? There, you know, because, you know, I'm like, yeah, right, right. He will ask anybody questions because it's he's got fair questions. He's got kid questions. So, yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's great. How fun. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, dude? Oh, hi, Gabrielle. So what's the fair food? Oh my god! Uh, my favorite food, I think, is sushi. Mm. Is that good? Yes. And what's yours? My pizza. Nice. That's a solid nine-year-old favorite food. <laughs> and he would eat it all day long. Yep. <laughs> so, what's your favorite TV show? Uh, right now, we are watching Grey's Anatomy, which is probably a little old for you. But <laughs> what's your favorite TV show? Mine is SpongeBob. Nice. I, I'm a fan of, of the Bob from back in the day. <laughs> and what's been cool with our show is, you know, I wish my parents had this option, but they didn't. But, you know, he watches a lot of Nickelodeon Disney shows now. So we've been able to bring quite a bit of the actors and actresses from those shows. Oh, fun. Show. Oh, that's so, probably very cool. Way cooler yeah. than talking to me, but that's OK. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Yes, it is. <laughs> so was it for your movie? Oh, that's a hard one. I think my favorite comedy is Forgetting Sarah Marshall. We'll keep it in the comedy for that answer. Wow. Again, way too old for you. What's your favorite movie? <laughs> Mighty's a Minions movie. Oh, nice. My boyfriend's daughter really loves that movie too. It's a good choice. <laughs> yeah, and our little three-year-old, or almost three-year-old, I keep saying three, she'd be three in, Feb- in February. But, she, you know, we they have done such a great branding on the Minions because we'd be walking in the mall and – if she sees a minion in a store, we have to go in there. Yeah, they're everywhere, man. They're cute. I get it. <laughs> Bye, thanks. Thank you. Good to meet you. Yeah, he, he loves Too cute. It. Yeah, he wants to do his own podcast. So, so we're going to start one for him probably middle of next year and all that. Nice. Let That's awesome. A little bit, learn a little bit here so that then we can have him actually do like a 10-minute show. Oh, that's awesome. Good for you guys. That's fun. <clears throat> So if you could co-star or co-write with any actor, actress out there, who would it be and what role would you want to play? Oh, God, there's so many of them. That's always such a hard question. But I'll go with one that people like know Mm. a lot, probably Leonardo DiCaprio. I just think he's fabulous in everything that he does. Um, So something maybe like a brother-sister role um, with like some family drama surrounding it. Okay. It's always interesting Good. on that answer to that question because you never know where they're going to go and what role they want to play with. Yeah, that yeah. I just think he's fabulous in everything. So he's a safe so, choice. So that's probably a thousand answers to this. But what's a, a TV show or movie that you've watched that you wish you had a role in? Oh, Moulin Rouge with oh. Nicole Kidman and Ewan oh. McGregor. That was like, I've seen that movie so many times. I'm so. I'm obsessed with Baz Luhrmann who directed it. And I think it's such a beautiful visionary piece. Um, I would love to go back and be in that. 
yeah. So where do you see yourself in five years? Um, I see myself, uh, hopefully, um, a, a little less busy, but <laughs> I, I mean that, you know, less busy because there's more people that I have helping yeah. Yeah. with things. Um, but I would love to see, um, the books on, on screen as a series. Oh, wow. Um, so that would be in the next five years would be amazing. Um, I would love to go travel to some more places and, and see some more of the world and, um, just happy and healthy. What's been your favorite place to travel to? Uh, Barcelona in Spain and Pai in Thailand. Oh, okay. One of our bucket lists is Bora Bora. Yeah, I've been to Bora Bora, Bora Bora, and it's absolutely incredible and definitely worth having your on your bucket list. <laughs> yeah. So, what are some sources of inspiration for you? Um, you know, I get inspired from anything that moves me. So, anything that drudges up emotions and makes me feel something, um, that is something that inspires me. So I, you know, the two films that I wrote, um, and directed are, are both films that just came out of my brain that I were, you know, I wanted people to feel something watching them, mm -hmm. um, and experience and have a human experience watching them. So I think anything that can relate to emotions, um, and healing and growth really um, is something that inspires me. Awesome. And what would you like for your legacy to be in the entertainment industry? What would you want to be most known and remembered for? Probably both of my books um, and any more that end up eventually coming down the road. But I am very proud of being able to have something that's helped so many people around the world and continues to help people um, on their healing journeys and that's that's good for me. If we can make a TV show to add to that, then even better. Wow. Yes. And if you could say anything to your fans, followers, and readers, what would you want to tell them? I would say that there is always hope. And no matter how dark it may seem with what you're going through right now, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And it is more beautiful than you could ever imagine. So keep going. Now, let's say you had a friend of yours and they feel like they're they're supposed to do the entertainment industry, they, whether they're an actor or a musician, you know, whatever, but they feel this is it. This is what they're supposed to do with their life. What advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them the next few years? Keep your heart open. <clears throat> That's well, it's as simple as that. You know, there's going to be a lot of no's and there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, but stay the course. Keep your heart open and be your authentic self. Uh, and I love that about authentic because I remember when we first launched this show, um, I reached out to a Nashville friend of mine and I asked him what advice he would give me. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget his answer. He says, whatever you do, be and stay authentic. He said, you can tell every Bobby Bones joke. You could tell every Ty Bentley joke because he knew I looked up to those um, two. And he said that and he said, you might even be good at it and create an audience around that. He says, but the day will come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day comes, you'll lose every bit of your audience because they would never attract it. He says, your show may grow slower, right. but you'll gain the right audience in the meantime. Yeah, that's great advice. I love that. And that's spot on. And I've always remembered, it's always like to tell that story on some of the shows when it comes up. Because I think that especially yeah, it's like so with- important to stay true to yourself. Because like with musicians, you know, they have to be careful 
because you you know you all of a sudden they got this big deal the label wants to sign them and then the label wants to change them yeah yep yeah you have to like move forward and be your authentic self and allow people to see that because otherwise you're just putting on a mask and you can't hold that up forever exactly and i think that's why a lot of um people end up in drugs and alcohol and entertainment industry is because a lot of them have that mask on right right i agree and then and and because they know they're doing roles that they really shouldn't be or doing music that they really is not them then they have to find some way to mask all that and it's you know and it's it's sad you know that you know just be you and people will love you not everybody will love you but they will love you some people will yeah, absolutely. That's it's really important for more people to speak about that and for people to hear that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So as we close out here, um, any final parting words and tell everybody how they can find you and your books. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone and TikTok at Gabrielle underscore Stone. Both the books, Eat, Pray, FML, and The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl are available exclusively on Amazon. You can get them in paperback, ebook, audiobook, which I narrate. Um, I also have signed copies on my website along with all of our podcast merch, which is eatprayfml.com. Love that. You know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today and we look forward to having you back down the road. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. And congrats on 500 episodes. It's so exciting. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You have a great day. Thank you for your time today. Bye. Have a good one.